and the dwarf roars with laughter. You should have been there, kid. It was a true masterstroke on the part of the elf. He gestures with his mug of ale towards your rogue companion, causing it to froth over the side and slop onto the wooden tavern table. You look up at the rogue and see her cheeks slightly color at the mention of the event, and with no more prodding than the ale that was already inside, the cleric dove into the tale. It was what? Four? No. Three? No. Five. Five years ago. Just just a few years before he took you, kid. We were, were looking for a ceremonial jade dagger left over from the one tea who, who had once populated the temple. That stupid dagger. So there were, we, there, we, were, we were two stories down, deep in the temple, and suddenly the spiderweb stopped. Imagine it, kid. They just stopped. 30 feet underground with no spiderwebs, no insects of any sort, and no dust. Bloody suspicious, isn't it? No dust! Can you believe it? In an abandoned temple. The entire place was clean as the day it was made, I'm sure. Cleaner, probably. The walls, they nearly sparkled with the light radiating off my shield. Then, we turn a corner and we see it. A skeleton looking right at us, floating three god's damn feet in the air. Never seen anything like it. So, as you do, I hit it with a blast of Eldest Divinity, but nothing. Nothing. Can you picture it? Blasting a skeleton with a radiance and have it be unaffected. And then, it started to awkwardly slink towards us. And boy, do I mean awkward. That's when our silent companion here. She took to it with a dash and her daggers flared. She leapt towards it and immediately stuck. <laughs> like, like she hit an invisible wall and with a gasp of pain, she was pulled in. This, uh, this was about the time that Master Dragonborn identified it as a gelatinous cube. <laughs> and with a few quick slashes of our blade and no little strength on our part, we put the thing down and got her out. <laughs> That's when you notice the corner of your eye. A couple of larger humans seem to be looking over at you and your table with suspicion and avarice. You're keenly aware that you're by far the best dressed, equipped, and probably richest people in this roadside inn. With a subtle screech of their stools, they both draw two hand axes and begin to make their way cautiously towards your table in hope of a quick meal. Roll for initiative. Hey there, creatures, and welcome to Encounter This. A podcast exploration of the creatures from Dungeons and Dragons and the lore that surrounds them. Good day, slimy friends, and welcome to another episode of Encounter This. My name is Freeman Bebop Eiston, and my co-host James Rocksteady Kid uh, will be taking us through a very strange creature, the ooze. The ooze can be found on Monster Manual 240 to 243, uh, and I believe we will be going through an ascending CR order. Uh, go ahead, James. <laughs> yeah. So this might actually be kind of a dry episode because we will be covering four different types of oozes. The problem with the ooze is, other than Freeman's wicked Ninja Turtles drop, <laughs> there's not there's not a whole. Like, I guess that I, I guess Daredevil technically, but. Uh, <laughs> Dare sweet daredevil drop. Um, Why is it daredevil? Oh, you, do you not know that story? No. Oh, strap in, listeners. You're gonna. Oh God, here we you're go. gonna get some nerdage. <laughs> so that uh, the original scene in Daredevil is this truck turning the corner and this canister coming out and hits Matt Murdock in the eyes, and that's how he goes blind. Right. You're talking. You're talking. Are you talking about the the origin story in the comic the, books? Okay. Yeah. That. 
canister then rolls and falls down or sewer grate so nobody can ever recover it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> when um, Kevin Eastman and and Laird, I can't remember Laird's first name, but uh, when, when Eastman and Laird created the Ninja Turtles, that was this that was the first scene in the first comic book was this kid getting hit in the face oh, with this vial awesome. of ooze and rolling down into I the sewers no and then idea. taking over the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, so uh, they because <laughs> they were both big Daredevil fans, so they 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 technically have the same origin story, <laughs> like panel for panel. Yeah, that's wicked. Yeah, that's it's so good. Yeah, it's yeah. super good. Uh, I mean, I specifically chose those because uh, I almost called you a TGRI <laughs> was my original plan, but it's in the it's in the second live action film, oh, The Secret of okay. the Ooze, gotcha. that Bebop and Rocksteady appear oh, in their man. terrible, terrible forms. But <laughs> is, is so when you say the second live action film, do you mean the newest one? No, no, no. Like the, okay. the yeah, the one from the nineties. Gotcha. With yeah. oh, Kevin Nash, a yeah. Super Shredder. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man, you're you're welcome, Brad. If you listen to these, <laughs> it's been Ninja Turtle talk. Uh, so as Raven mentioned, we'll be covering all the uses in Five E, except for the Obelix and the Slithering Tracker. We've decided that those two will get lumped into their own episode together. Mm. We're going to do them in in order of ascending CR. But since there isn't a whole lot of cultural lore, I've done my best to kind of fill this with some cool shit because there is a lot of stuff about the oozes in the game all the mm-hmm. way through sure but as far as i can tell they're um they were created whole cloth for D D. sure i mean sh- i'm sure they were inspired by something sure yeah i mean <laughs> a trip to the sewer no doubt yeah i mean i think there had to have been like i don't want to say sentient ooze but yeah it, it has to be it had to have existed in pop culture before 1976 i think was, there's got to be something yeah, exactly. And I just, I could not, I mean, other than the origin of Daredevil, I just, I just could not nail it down because the Ninja Turtles were in the late 90s, whereas I think Daredevil was in 67. Sure. Oh, God, I'm going to get some hate mail about that. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to start with a quote, actually. Uh, and it's just, the dungeon floors were spotless. That should have been our first clue. And this is the quote at the top of the page in the Monster Manual by uh, one Jaster Holoquill. Mm. So oozes. General lore, they're all drawn to movement and warmth, uh, usually indicative of organic material, which is what they all feed on. They all feed on organic material specifically. <laughs> they will feed on anything but grime, fungus, and offal. They, they tend to only absorb that stuff when they absolutely have to. And it kills its prey, slowly dissolving it over time. I think these were probably just inspired by amoebas. Sure, yeah. Uh, black puddings and gelatinous cubes devour and engulf their prey to prevent escape. But when they do, in rules is written that the prey can be rescued. Not all oozes eat all materials. Some have coins or gear left in them. And they, pro- they, they tend to prosper in dark and moderate temperatures, preferring to go underground. But they can squeeze, some can climb, some can become pools to hide themselves, and one can even become uh, a wall of stone. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so sometimes they're captured by other denizens of the dungeon and used in a pit trap, uh, and they, they can be kept in place by braziers because they have an aversion to heat, or by being fed. So sometimes like a knoll will lower, lure it into a pit and then just kind of slowly throw frogs at it until, <laughs> until, until <laughs> the, the trap goes off. Yeah, it's uh, a, it's always, they have an aversion to heat, but they are drawn by warmth. Warmth. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so like, like fire they have an aversion to. Sure. So. But they can, they have some infrared. They can just detect your body heat. Yeah, I, I think that's just flavor. Mm. <laughs> I think that's just. <laughs> it's all about the flavor. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that comes into play <laughs> later on. Uh, and they're said to be spawns of Jubilex, who is the demon lord. One of his titles is the faceless lord. The other title is the oozing hunger. And 
Jubilex only exists to consume, and stats for them can be found in Morning Canyon's Tome of Foes on page 150. Cool. Which we'll probably do at some point. I have no idea how we're going to do these Demon Lords. <laughs> That'll be a big one. Mm-hmm. We'll pick up things with the Graves. Uh, Graves, okay. Yeah. It's from it's it's been around the whole time, so it's been it has it's present in first edition and fifth edition. It can closely resemble rocks or wet stone, uh, because at one time it was. Oh. So it was actually turned to like a it was a rock wall that was turned to slime by chaotic magic, which I don't understand at all. But that's that's what it says in the lore. I wish it was a blue cheese slime (laughs) (laughs) just uh, (laughs) just Uh, mold on the wall well we'll get into the mustard jelly later (laughs) okay um these there's so many there's so so many is there yeah Yeah, okay there's there's such a a long honestly been a literally long time since i look at any of these other than the gelatinous cube yeah there's such a really cool pedigree and i i love oozes i think they're really neat sweet they can't. Uh, so the gray ooze can't climb walls. So it slinks around, and it specifically says it strikes like a snake, like like an Adler. So it raises okay. its pseudopods up and it shoots them out at you. Okay. In four e, it was small and a beast, like a natural beast, was its creature subtype. Oh, which is just insane, bizarre, like, like regular fourth edition insane. Like this is becoming <laughs> less interesting, but it's still insane to me. Yeah, fourth just just doesn't give up does it no flipping everything on its head really like so they're they're all classified as beasts in fourth edition and it really would have been super easy just to have magical beast category right i mean i think that's what a lot of them were in in, uh third edition right magical beasts were you know all over the place yeah they were actually oozes in first to third edition and then fourth edition (laughs) recategorized them as As beasts beasts, and then back to oozes again oh man yeah (laughs) did did they did did the wizards just fire everybody after third edition and then (laughs) no they all left to join paizo oh yeah I forgot. Here's your hot take oh, for the day, Jesus. Wizards had to build the D and D team from from the ground, from the ground up, up because of three point seven five. Damn. That's why we love Pathfinder so much. <laughs> That's why I love Pathfinder so oh, much. It is pretty great. Yeah. So the graves reproduces by dropping off pieces of itself after a meal, which is pretty going to be pretty standard. I think yep. it's it's not. Again, flavor. I don't really think we need to know how a gray ooze reproduces, but well, there you go. But I it's guess there. It gives you an idea of like how many could occupy the same space if there's enough food. It's just after a meal, right? Yep. If it's got enough yep. food to consume a meal and then drops a piece off, and that one consumes a meal and then drops a piece off, you could yep. have a whole lot in there. There's also another way in the mechanics that we'll get to. Oh, cool. Yeah, sweet. Uh, the next one up is the ochre jelly, which is also first to fifth. Mm-hmm. They're yellowish blobs that have some cunning. They're smart enough to avoid avoid <laughs> award award. <laughs> They're smart enough to avoid large groups, and they slink along behind the parties. They have an intelligence of negative four versus negative five, and all okay. the others have. So just just slightly less stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they can also d- dissolve flesh, but not metal, bone, or wood. And specifically says that in the monster manual, which is okay. pretty interesting. They're made up entirely of acid. This is where it gets interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Or they weigh about fifty six thousand pounds. Or 2.54 metric tons. So a single large ochre jelly weighs about the same as a forklift. Wow. And they're the favorite creature of... Go ahead. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Gaunadour? Ga- Gaunadour? Gaunadour. Gaunadour. Um, 
Stuart, write in and correct me on that. You've, you've read all the lo- lo- Loth books. Uh, he's the drow deity. It is the drow deity of slime. One title. It's also suspected to actually just be Jubilex. Okay. So next up on the shopping block is the Gelatinous Cube. Classic. Also first to fifth edition. I think that's just standard. All four of these are, are first to fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are my favorite by far. I have a mini that I painted that I really love. Um, it's wicked. It's super cool. It's the one. It's it's the one you guys have seen out there. It's by um, with kids by by NECA. But do yourself a favor and go back and look at the pictures from like first to fourth edition. They're all just amazing. Are they? Yeah. yeah. One of them, like for the first two editions, it looks like just a melting ice cube. We're gonna pause here because I really want to show for you. Okay. And they're said to scour dungeons in silent patterns like a Roomba. And you will find that comparison everywhere online. I am not unique or clever. <laughs> Everyone's talking about how they're like Roombas? Very, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all over the place. They only devour flesh. They leave metal and wood. So you can just find shit inside of it. It makes it really easy to spot because it's clear. So like you can just find a gelatinous cube with, let's say, a skeleton in it or a shield or an axe, like a fully formed axe because it just can't do shit about that. Right. So I like I love that just the idea of finding a whole Viking warrior inside. Is there, do they have any way of like relieving themselves with leftover stuff? Uh, I'm sure they do, yeah. but but that yeah I don't know I, what, what happens if a gelatinous cube gets too full and they can't feed anymore? They get bigger. Oh God, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> terrifying. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so they are said to weigh about fifty thousand pounds or twenty three metric tons. Which is about the size of a Greyhound bus, and that's another large creature, which is fucking insane. Wow. According to the second edition monster manual, they reproduce by budding, which is leaving smaller cubes just to hang out a pile on a pile of shit until it can grow into a regular sized cube. <laughs> and when two cubes literally meet, a pile of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And when two cubes meet, they would form into a huge giant monster cube for a few days before just separating and going on their own way. Oh, man. Yeah. And a, an honorable shout out to Glabagool, who is a sentient gelatinous cube who lives in the oozing temple from out of the abyss in fifth edition, which is insane. It's like this green gelatinous cube that just has a pair of eyes floating in it. It's fucking <laughs> Glabagool. Glabagool. Yeah. Like, it's. Like the picture thing of the Sopranos. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, that's my new favorite thing. It's uh, fucking wonderful. That's awesome. I just can't believe we still live in a world in fifth edition. They just, they're like, fuck it, put a pair of eyes in the, the GQ. It's a new creature. <laughs> they gave it a little more, into, like they bumped its intelligence up to 10. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it's great. And then we'll move on to the Black Pudding, the, the beast of the bunch. Also, first to fifth edition. Looks like a puddle of oil or the venom symbiote. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's in the notes. Oh, God. Become a Patreon subscriber and you can see, like, I'm just reading the shit verbatim. You can see lame. Yeah, it's bad. Down. Uh, it appears as shadow and dim light. This one does corrode flesh, metal, and wood. Okay. Uh, so it'll mess up your day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to belong to a subgroup of puddings, uh, white, brown, dun from the 1982 Lost Caverns of Coast. Tosca can Tosco Chicanth. That's not even supposed to be pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> T-S-C-O-J-C-A-N-T-H. Correct. That's like that's not for a human tongue, I don't think. <laughs> or at least not for a, a English Canadian white man tongue. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough one. What the hell? Uh so they so white is a snow um snow pudding. <laughs> the snow pudding. Yeah, okay. so the, the black yep. one is is acid. Yep. 
the uh, the white is is or the the black one is found in like dungeons and, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. The white one is found in Arctic terrain, and that's in first to third edition. Brown one is uh, found in marsh terrain, first and second edition. It it does not dissolve metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dun, which I think is probably just dune misspelled, <laughs> uh, is found in deserts, first to second edition. And this one can actually eat silicates and sand if if it can't find flesh. Okay. And there are a couple others. Uh, stone, dense pudding deserves a, deserves a sweet mention here. <laughs> uh, we we can't dive into all of them, but we're, yeah. uh, a couple of shout outs go to uh, green slime, which is a which was a huge one in first through third editions. Okay. They can eat all materials, but they're stationary, so they like hang off of shit. Like they're the okay. stuff you see in in the aliens movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, shadow slime, which is a corrupted green slime that came from the shadow hell. And can only be seen with the daylight spell, which I thought was really neat. Oh. So you just have this green slime hanging there, blocking your way, <laughs> giving you acid damage every time you, you go into the doorway. You can't do anything about it, yeah. Yeah. And then mustard jelly, which this one is is pretty brutal. I, uh, makes me uncomfortable <laughs> a little bit. Oh, yeah? Uh, so they're, they're sentient jelly, and they use uh, toxic vapors to asphyxiate oh. their prey. Uh. Uh, so first to second edition, this is obviously a... Poor reference to mustard gas from yeah. World War One and Two. Yeah, uh, crystal ooze, which I thought was really cool. It's a gray ooze uh, that's been adapted for water. It's first and second edition, and there there are others. Um, mm-hmm. Olive ooze, venom ooze, living muck. Like there's there's some. It, it's it's a pretty deep yeah. category. Crazy. I didn't realize there was that many. Yeah, I didn't really either until I really dug down this hole. I knew about like olive and crystal and green slime, and, mm-hmm. and it just it, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And then we'll shout out the Slithering Tracker real quick. It, it's in Vol's Guide to Monsters 191. We will put that together with the Oblex episode. Mm-hmm. And, and like just a quick, like a brief idea on, on Slithering Tracker and Oblex is like they, they Obelixes are oozes, but they are created out of like rituals. Is that is that more or less true? That's, I feel like that's what I had read. Um, they were there, uh, whereas slimes are believed to have come from fall off of Geoblex yeah. or whatever. Uh, Oblexes and the Sling Tracker are all oozes that but have been specifically created by dark rituals yeah. for particular goals, and they're higher intelligent oozes in general. I, off the top of my head, I can't confirm the Oblex, but okay. I know that they're they're intelligent mm-hmm. and they hunt. Specifically, they hunt. Sure. Okay. Uh, so, the the Oblex like will not only hunt, but it will take on the form of things that it's hunted to lure prey in. Oh, crazy. You guys fought an Oblex, but we'll go over that in the homebrew of the, uh, that episode in, <laughs> All right. in the future. Uh, and the fun fact of the day is uh, Lisa Granshaw at sci-fi.com lists Ooze as number nine on the, sc- the nine scariest, most unforgettable monsters from Dungeons and Dragons, oh, which sweet. I thought was really neat. Right. It's like, awesome. like the first result when you Google Ooze. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But it's it's a good article. She's, she's a great author. She's got some good ones on there. What was number one on that list? The Beholder. Uh, yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> Very. <laughs> so the word ooze comes from Middle English woes, meaning sap. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooze is actually currently defined as a liquor that's used for tanning leather made of tan bark or sumac ex- extract. Okay. I know what sumac is. It's delicious. I don't know what tan bark is, but I imagine it's... Probably probably something from a tree. Yep. Maybe. Yeah, I would think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it means to secrete or slowly leak or seep currently as well. So mm-hmm. it's got two definitions. It, it is a noun, and then it's it's defined as a verb there. Yeah. Seep is a terrible word. Yeah. Everyone, everyone gets un- uncomfortable with moist. Seep gets me. Seep is... Ugh, yeah, just... seep, seep's a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> this this whole... This whole... <laughs> is a little weird. Yeah. 
and cultural lore, like I said, as far as I can tell, there's not really anything there. I'd love to be corrected. I spent a couple of weeks looking for this shit. So yeah. if anybody out there can can point me to a reference, I feel like if I can find Col- Kolchak the Night Stalker, I can find something <laughs> about oozes. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, here, here we that. are. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't really have any differences to discuss. It just says nope under my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the differences between each type of ooze. Yeah, exactly. Um, which leads us to our, our non ad ad break with uh, strange fellows. Who are they? They are this wonderful craft brewery. In Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I hate that I have to say Canada at the end of that. You should just know where British Columbia is. We're not yeah. the district. We're Canada's right. a thing, guys. Yeah, it's not C- <laughs> It's not Vancouver, Washington. John Vancouver actually landed here. Landed here. Well, he landed in Victoria, but that doesn't matter. He landed here. <laughs> what are we talking about? Blackmail. Uh, this episode is definitely in no way brought to you by Blackmail Stout from Strange Fellows, but we're going to thank them anyway because yeah. it's wonderful delicious and i still 14 episodes in think this is a great bit uh, i'm i am <laughs> in no way tired of it <laughs> this is gonna be our couch bit i think i think one day we will i think one day we will be properly sponsored by <laughs> one day we're just gonna be tired of it we'll move to strange <laughs> no, fellows talisman no what point <laughs> dark matter i'll get lee on the phone <laughs> no no um, i'm i'm gonna uh, i think when we get big enough uh, we'll we'll do it yeah i yeah. mean they don't have to do anything just send us just four beers per episode yep. that recording that's that's, a, that's about how that's much a, this ep- one of these episodes cost two, two to start the our recording with and two to crack and on the recording yeah exactly yeah. and then I mean, you, you, <laughs> you, I think you've all learned by now that I have to write down the social links because by the end of the episode, I can't remember them. <laughs> Did you write them down? Yeah, they're in the template now at the very bottom because I just could not fuck oh, with them at God. the end of Rick Shasta. Oh, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah. We're well, fine. It's not uh, a problem. You're a problem. <laughs> I wonder if you could, I wonder if you could, uh, if you could make a nice pudding, black pudding out of black meal stout. Can you put beer in a pudding? Is that a thing? Black pudding is made from blood, but yes, you can put beer in pudding. Perfect, like chocolate pudding. Yeah, or we could, or we could just turn it into a, a stout syrup. Yeah, yeah, blackmail jelly, our, our own blackmail ooze. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine with that. that works Perfect. Let's dive into uh, <laughs> the mechanics of gray oozes. Gray oozes. What CR are we looking at for the gray ooze? <laughs> We're looking at a one half. A one half. So these, these are the That's big. the this is the lowest CR we've done. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This is this is the baby bitch. Uh, twenty two <laughs> HP, eight AC, medium creature, unaligned, no languages. This is where they get kind of cool. I think mm-hmm. they're straight up immune to acid, cold, and fire. Crazy, blind, charm, deaf, exhaustion, frightened, and prone. Mm-hmm. Which all those make sense. You, you can't hurt what isn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got blind sight 60 feet, which is how they uh, justify that sure. smelling blood or whatever, yeah. whatever it is they do. Well, I love it. Again, uh, uh, you're in the general lore. They were drawn by warmth, aversion to heat, but this one's immune to fire. Yep. Right. So <laughs> it's a lot of, uh, very consistent. <laughs> uh, so that, that Brazier stuff might come from a past edition. Yeah. I, fair I tend to mix those lores together oh, a little yeah. bit just to beef them out. Yeah. Uh, so that, that stuff's probably not specifically referring to the gray ooze. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any of the other ones are immune to fire. Okay. Uh, but this one was made of stone at one point, so it makes sense. 
So they're, they have a, the ability called amorphous, which means they can move through a space of one inch without squeezing. And they corrode metal. So this is this is cool. Mm-hmm. Almost and, all of them have this. Yeah, it's, it's squeezing in particular is uh, is a mechanic in the game, correct? Is, is there squeezing in 5e isn't mechanically? No. I mean, I don't think there is. Mm. I mean, very much a thing in Pathfinder, I know that. Yeah, um, I, I think it's just so that it has like it can it can expedite its escape. Like yeah. it just can move through yeah. a space of one inch. And it's and it can does do it at its normal speed, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Fair enough. Corrode metal's the next ability. So when you're when you touch or you are touched, including melee attacks, it you take 1d8 acid damage. Hmm. So non-magical weapons made of metal also corrode. They take a minus one to damage rolls, and this stacks up to minus five when the weapon is destroyed. Crazy. They can also just straight up eat through two-inch thick metals in one round, which is Oof. pretty insane. So yeah. I, I would I would let them eat up an axe. Now, does really this corrode to. like... It, I assume it applies every time you you hit or or are hit, um, and then can you just wipe it off and remove that minus one, or is that minus one permanent? I would imagine that's what the mending spells in there for. Yeah, sure. Fair um, yeah. I I wouldn't let you just wipe it off. Yeah. If, if your if your metal's being corroded, you can't just. Yeah. I mean, you you could sand it off or yeah, yeah. stone it off. Time, and, yeah. yeah. And one d eight's no no joke at a at a half cr either. Like no, and I guess know? that's just on top of its shit. Right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then it has false appearance, which it's indistinguishable from wet rock or oil when motionless. Mm-hmm. So also reflected in the lore, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Then it has uh, the pseudopod attack, which we're going to get real familiar with. Yeah. This is one has a plus three to hit, which is 1d6 bludgeon and 2d6 acid, which is pretty great. Wow. And then it's a minus one acid to armor, uh, which stacks to 10 when the armor is destroyed. Okay. So there's 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 some depth yeah. mechanic here. And that's why I like it. It's got 22 HP. They seem to me off the surface. They just seem they seem quite powerful for only a half cr. Yeah, it's that eight AC. I think it's the eight AC. Yeah, very easily hit. Yeah, I mean you you could essentially roll a four with a fighter first level. What's their actual like movement speed? I don't know off the top of my head, but I imagine it's thirty feet. Mm-hmm. You can okay. crack the book if you want. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got the ochre jelly. This one is a CR two. Mm-hmm. HP forty five, AC eight. Mm-hmm. large unaligned no languages it's immune to lightning and slashing it's resistant to acid which is crazy okay because it's specifically says in the lore that it's made of acid but <laughs> it's just resistant to acid damage so sure some I guess, some acids eat other acids oh god where's where's my fiance <laughs> she, she would know she would know yeah yeah uh, it's immune to blind, charm, deaf, exhausted, front, frightened and prone mm-hmm. uh, again blind sense 60 it also has the amorphous ability, but it has the ability spider climb, which means it can climb difficult surfaces, including ceilings, and it doesn't require any sort of check. So it can just fucking cool. slither yeah. up a ceiling and drop down, which Sweet. in fourth edition is actually listed under the tactics. It's like, have the ochre jelly climb a wall and just fucking oh, yeah. and just drop on the drop last member of your party. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then their attacks again is pseudopod, so it's the same, but it's a plus four to hit, 2d6 bludgeon, and 1d6 acid. So it's, you know, it's pseudopod by definition is just like a, uh, it's a pseudo limb, essentially, is it not? Like, yeah, yeah, I would I would imagine so. Yeah. They um, just reach out and and kind of whack you. Yeah, like a fake tentacle. Right. I would think. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably where all that stuff mm-hmm. comes from. Uh, and then it has a cool reaction called split. So if it's medium or larger and it takes lightning or slashing damage, it splits into two nuances with a minimum of 10 HP or half the current. Uh, and new is are one size smaller. It cannot split when it's small. So you know, if okay. you split a medium into two, it can't, can't re-split. But okay. 
still, that's that's pretty cool. If you're fighting two ochre jellies, you and you hit it with was it lightning or slashing? Mm-hmm. As its reaction, it splits into two mediums, and then if you hit either of those, they split into two smalls. Yeah. Um, so you can go from one to eight real quick, real quick, and they all have the same power essentially yep. and strength. Um, so you could really. You could really overwhelm yourself by mistake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's it's a cool ability, and I think that's that justifies its CR two for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, two d six bludgeoning is is nothing to shake a stick at. No, certainly not. With additional acid damage on top, like yeah, exactly. Not messing around. And then we get to my favorite, which is also a CR two, the gelatinous cube, HP eighty four, AC six. So bigger HC or b- bigger HP, lower AC. Yeah, yeah. No, no languages. Uh, it's it's also a large creature. No DR, no DI, but it is immune to blind, charm, deaf, exhausted, frightened, prone. Mm-hmm. Has blind sense sixty feet. So its abilities are are great. I I love this creature so oh, yeah. much. It's if, so cool. I think I've encountered one of these at least twice playing with you as the dm at least yeah and i've i've used them once too yeah they're they're so great so it takes up the entire space um any any creature that enters the space is subject to its engulf attack and has a disadvantage on the save so if you move into a news you have disadvantage on your save run Mm-hmm. Uh, creatures in the cube can be seen, <laughs> but have total cover. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, a creature within five feet of the cube can use a standard action to pull the creature or an object out. <laughs> Making an attempt, you automatically take 3d6 acid damage, and it's a DC 12 strength check to get it out. Mm-hmm. So a cube can only hold one large creature or four smaller creatures. It, it could conceivably eat an entire medium-sized party, which is just choice that's so crazy (laughs) how do you can't get out i mean i guess you could save but anyway Uh, it's also transparent so even when seen a tc 15 perception check is required to find it if it hasn't moved yeah and it just shit in it just looks like it's floating which is great (laughs) this thing is so choice yeah it's it's for 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 players that are unfamiliar with this one it's you can really like yeah but throw them for a loop, you know, they really have no idea what's going. Why is that thing floating in the air? <laughs> yeah, and flavor-wise, it's just so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, it also has pseudopod. This one's 3d6 bludgeon, 3d6 acid, so we're, we're increasing by a dice every every time. Yeah. It has the engulf attack, which is kind of what we talked, or what, what I mentioned mm-hmm. in the uh, the ooze cube ability. I, I forgot that it's called. It's ooze called cube. ooze cube. Yeah. <laughs> so good. God. Uh, so we can move up to its speed and enter the square of a large creature or smaller. It's a DC 12 deck save. If you succeed on the deck save, you can be pushed five feet in any direction. You can choose because if you choose to stand your ground, you're just treated as if you failed, <laughs> which is amazing. That's, that's so good. You just be like, okay, yeah, you, you succeeded. Uh, what direction do you want to be pushed in? And you know, I'm like, no, I don't want to. I want to stand where I'm at. I'm like, well, then okay. <laughs> you uh, fail then. Yeah. So fail is 3d6 acid damage and you cannot breathe. You're restrained, mm-hmm. and every turn at the at the or in every round at the start of the cube's turn, you take six d six acid damage. Ooh, so so much it's stacking high. Yeah. yeah. So when the creature moves, you move with it, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and you can try to escape with a DC twelve strength check, mm-hmm. but if you succeed, you pop out five feet away from the cube, <laughs> so you like launch yourself out of this jelly. <laughs> uh, it's something something I hadn't really thought about before. Um, 
where, you know, a large creature is taking up four by four squares or two by two squares, sorry, yeah. four squares total. But you could have something floating in one square. It doesn't have to be in the middle, mm-hmm. right? It could be floating in one of those four squares, say, you know, the back left one, according to the orientation of the party. Yeah. And um, someone could just walk and be like, oh, well, that's a floating magical sword as far as i can tell like i'm just gonna walk straight in and grab it and then the square before it you're you're engulfed next thing you know you're taking 66 damage at level two i could kill you so fast i think that actually happened in our goblin camp did someone die I think that? It, were you there for the goblin i was yeah, yeah i think alex did that like oh she like just walked right in just walked yeah. right in and tried to grab a crossbow or something out of it <laughs> yeah because that was that was in a tight dungeon that was in a three by three dungeon yeah. so i think i was the only one who knew what was going on oh yeah for sure <laughs> i had just gotten the mini and i was like i'm fucking using this yeah it's so good <laughs> um, uh, if all goes according to plan that goblin one shot will actually be available for sale on uh drive through rpg in the near future so Wicked. Be awesome. stay tuned for that nonsense yeah. And then the last one we're going to uh, talk at you today about is the Black Pudding. So it's CR4, HP 85, AC 7. So we see a little bump and a little decrease simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It is large, unaligned, no languages. It is immune to acid, cold, lightning, and slashing. Mm-hmm. Its, uh, its condition immunities are blind, charm, deaf, frightened, prone, blindsight 60. Mm-hmm. So like all the uses, it has amorphous, so it can move through one inch space. It has corrosive form, same as the uh, the graves, but in addition to being able to eat through the two-inch thick metal, it can also eat through two-inch wood in one round. Okay. Also, a spider climb like the ochre jelly, like this is just the Voltron of jellies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, pseudopod is 1d6 bludgeon, 48 acid, which is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and it also has the, the reaction, so it splits whenever it takes lightning or slashing damage and okay, splits yeah. it at two new oozes with a minimum of 10 HP or... <laughs> Half their current, so it's it's great. I I, I think it's fine. <laughs> it's it, it's I don't know. It seems to me, I guess it's it's uh it's Sierra is slightly higher than the Jaws Cube. It must be because of the split, because the Jaws Cube clearly does way more damage. Its pseudopod is three d six and three d six, like every hit. That's that's a lot, and then the potential of being engulfed. Uh, yeah, so to, to actually correct that, the, the gelatinous cube is just doing um, 3d6 acid. It's not doing 3d6 bludgeoning and 3d6 okay. acid. So it's not doing 3d6 twice. No, that was a mistake okay. in, in my notes because everything else does bludgeoning and acid, whereas the gelatinous cube is just like, nah, fuck that. Straight acid. Yeah. All right. So it's it's doing the same as the black pudding 3 and 3. Okay. Uh, or not the black pudding, the... Um, Ochre jelly, which is also a CR2. Yeah, it's, it's tough to see, other than the corrosive form, where this... Um, CR comes from. I guess the spider climb is is pretty cool, and the yep. the straight up immunities would help out. Mm-hmm. But how often? I mean, I don't particularly find acid or lightning damage happens a lot. It's been yeah. happening a lot more in our campaign lately, but it's not. Well, that's because Jess is a Tempest cleric specifically, yeah. so we've got two characters that are actually specializing in a certain element. Yeah, pretty much exactly. But um, Pascal loves his chromatic orb. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's weird. Like I think about the um, um, this the scenario in which you would find a black pudding. Like you know, you're probably in a dungeon, right? Um, what's what's the gut instinct of the player for for damage to to fight something that's in in a dungeon or that looks like some sort of slime? You know, like it, I don't think cold is maybe cold to slow it down, but then yeah. it's probably not moving at a crazy pace either. Um, you might hope that the, you know, it solidifies, it turns into more of a molasses than, than anything, sure. but, uh, 
Um, yeah, the, the one. I mean, I, I, to me, it makes sense that these are the, the the types of attacks that you know. Granted, it's split action and that sort of thing. But what are the chances that your players are actually going to go to those? Uh, slashing makes sense to me because, yeah. at least to me, slashing is kind of the general the mm-hmm. go-to damage between swords and axes. Sure, they, yeah. they tend to have the higher highest damage per level. Mm-hmm. So people tend to lead, lean towards yeah. damaging weapons. Slashing makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I've run an ochre jelly before um, in, in just a little, another little one shot and immediately they went to slashing damage. Oh yeah. Yeah. It got, it got weird. <laughs> it got weird real quick. Cause I couldn't figure out what it, at, what it is. Like mm-hmm. who, who wants, like in what world does piercing an ooze makes sense versus bludgeoning an ooze right like slashing is what makes sense right to me at least like mm-hmm. you know you cut chunks of it off until it's too small to do its shit right like just sticking your rapier in it over and over again <laughs> like there's no vital organs to strike and that's right. what piercing damage is for is precision mm-hmm. striking damage whether it be from an arrow or from a bolt or from from yeah. a rapier like i'm, I'm not going to squish an ooze that's yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a, what's the uh, what's the um, what's the scientific name for that that like, sort of liquid substance? But when you when you hit it, it, it turns to a solid when a certain amount of force is like added to it. You can make it with like cornstarch and water. Oh, um, um, I don't know. I forget what's it's like a it's a non Newtonian fluid. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. And so uh, that's kind of how I imagine these things uh, a lot of the time. If you hitting them with a bludgeoning damage, I, I would I would I, I mean we're pretty much going into homebrew now anyway. Might as well. Um, that's probably what I would I would lean towards a resistance to bludgeoning. Piercing, I guess, doesn't make a lot of sense, but I don't see why it would have a downside uh, as opposed to bludgeoning, I think, would, you know, have less effect rather than... Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I think, it, I don't know, piercing's a tough one for me because, like, arrows are made of wood. Mm-hmm. So almost all these cubes would just start burning up the arrow as soon as it got into it. Sure. I don't know. It's... I honestly don't think I would homebrew these guys... At all, because I no. just cannot figure out how I would do it. <laughs> like I've run, I've run, like I said, I've run the ochre jelly and the G cube as written, mm-hmm. and and they've been they've been great. They've been just fine. <laughs> the CR is actually appropriate, which is not something that I'm ever going to say, I'm, <laughs> at least say very often. And they're they're fun to run because there's a lot of mechanics going on on the mm-hmm. DM side. But I think I think I'd be more concerned about where they fit into my world mm-hmm. and how I would use them in combat than actually changing the stats. Because again, I don't have any any thoughts on how I would change the stats or the abilities other than the, I don't know if I'd go straight up immune to bludgeoning, but I think resistance to bludgeoning makes a lot of sense in sure, yeah. literally every case here. Mm-hmm. But is there anything you would change to beat these guys up or change the CR or anything like that? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's... Uh it's a tough one because I'm not. Nothing comes springs to mind of what I would want to add to them um, to to boost their CR. You know, it, nothing. There's nothing I can think of that would make sense. You know, to just give yeah. them. Um, my guess is that when we cover Oblex and the Slithering Tracker, that's when you know those would be the things that the, oh. you know the higher intelligence. You know, the ability to, to Oblex to, are wonderful. Yeah, to actually track down enemies and and think intelligently and, and hunt. Um, Th- those are elements I don't want to add to these guys. Yeah. They are just, just mindless, mindless. Chill. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I would probably throw, like, if I was to homebrew them, I would just bring in oozes from the past. Like, I'd bring back, I love the green slime that are just hangs there in obscure doorways and mm-hmm. you just don't know what the fuck it is. Right. Yeah. And just give it like ochre jelly stats, but it just doesn't move. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's great. I think that's perfect. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, going back to like the lore and the stuff we talked about earlier, I would just, Straight up use these guys as traps. 
Yeah, they're yeah, they're more yeah, they're more of a trap scenario than than a proper combat, eh? Yeah, it's it's puzzle your way out of this yeah. combat, you weirdos. <laughs> like it's no, I remember. I remember encountering it in the in your goblin one shot. What was what was the other another example of you using a gelatinous cube in particular? Do you recall? Uh, I I do. It was a couple of weeks ago where you guys were in the um, the mansion, and then the skeleton floated up in the dumbwaiter. Oh, oh yeah, we did, but we never really discovered it was gelatinous cube, did we? We never fought it. You did, yeah. Did we? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you just made very short work of it because okay. you were level six at the time. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, and I didn't enough. homebrew it at yeah. all. That was just, that was just all flavor. I remember being a slime of some kind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fair I brought I brought the mini out and everything. Yeah. Uh, Lee Lee got stuck in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This was immediately after oh, he, he kicked open oh, the door to the bathroom yeah. and fireballed okay. you. Guys. That's right. <laughs> um, but you know the the other thing that I used in there was was a blood ooze, which is a homebrew from Cobalt Press, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, yeah. a, a great creature. That was the one that was in the bathtub or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. It's creepy. <laughs> so that that whole adventure um, by Necromancer Games or Frog God Games mm-hmm. is a really great one if you're into oozes at all. Okay. So they kind of bring back the olive ooze with yeah. the uh, the pustule that was in the vines and stuff okay. like that. Okay, sure. It's in um. It's in Quest of Doom, Volume 1. And I don't remember what the adventure is called, but there's a whole section on, like, like oozes and stuff. Okay, cool. It's, it's a cool one. It's, Put that uh, on the reading list. Yeah, I will. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Necromancer Games got re-rebranded recently as Frog God Games. Right. Yeah, they, they do some great one-shots. The Quest of Doom is a great series, and I can't recommend it enough. I picked up most of them digitally on a Humble Bundle, so sweet. keep your eyes up. Oh, for yeah, those. Humble Bundle. Sick. Yeah. The uh, one time I've used them, I, I guess I technically used it two times. I, uh, my Australian campaign, I set up the first part of it as a one shot to be reused, and later on, I did run it with uh, with Carissa and Chris and and our friends uh, Ali and Jay, right. and um, we. Um, Ali, the voice of Posey. Posey Rummagefelder. Rummagefelder <laughs> from the Hag Suite. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, it, the whole one shot was it was a bit more. It was a lot of like sort of puzzle solving, exploring and role playing for sure. There wasn't a lot of direct combat. Yeah. And it was kind of meant to introduce a lot of players to some of the stuff outside of combat, like right away. Yeah, that's that's a tough introduction to yeah. make. Yeah. And, and so I had a I had water weirds in, in one spot that they cool. had a really hard time fighting and they were kind of meant to run away from them. Um, water weirds are C R five. Yeah. I think. And we started at, we started at level three. And then um, there was a room with two gelatinous cubes in it. And again, they weren't meant to like... <laughs> Did they Voltron into one them. bigger they one? They didn't, know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, they basically had to find a way to f- open uh, a giant like hatch in the floor that was okay. rusted. And um, there was a couple ways to do it, but they had to flood the place and then uh, to help and then uh, to make it easier to lift essentially for, you know, it being underwater. And then like it had, there was a potion of giant strength depending on the party makeup. Anyway, yada, yada, yada. But the, <laughs> you, can the, just, yeah. you can just see my face getting uh, disappointed it's, because uh, it's the water temple from Ocarina of Time. I've never played that. So, oh my God. yeah, it's coinky dink. You should play it. It's uh, yeah. an, Awesome oh, man, puzzle that, game. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I, it's one of my greatest video gaming shames. No, no, it's I've fine. never played any Zelda games. They're they're yeah. tough. They're hard yeah. for me to get into. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've I've done a couple of genuine attempts of like the other ones. Okay, but, I mean they just like they don't age very well unless you're really. I uh, know the classic. Old, uh, well, I have it on. I got yeah. they they remastered it for the 3ds. So well, I have it on my 3ds. If you want to buy it, I would. I would do that totally. Yeah. I would borrow I'm, that. I'm playing that. Link's Awakening on on my Game Boy Color currently. <laughs> <Sick>. so. <laughs> 
Um, Gelatinous cubes. Yeah, but these these cubes were in, were in said room essentially, and so if they, they went in there and they they were easily matched or okay. they got pretty scared, so they ran away. But then you know once the water sort of flowing through, it actually would push the cubes to the back wall, so right. they weren't at um, yeah. Uh, but if they did manage to feed it, then you know it was pretty sweet for them too. Did so. they camo into the water? Um, did, you, did your gelatinous cubes float like anemones? They, em, em, they had em, like skeletons and stuff inside them, so an, you can kind of see where they're at. Anemones? An, an, anemones? What? What are you trying to say? Anemones? An, anemones? And the 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 little amoeba like thing in water. Amoebas. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not amoebas. But, uh, I think it's sea I think it's sea anemone. Sea anemone. Oh my god. Sea anemone. Let's just cut this. And enmity. <laughs> they're not anemone. They're anem- anemone. Uh, oh god. <laughs> Did your gelatinous cubes swim? <laughs> this has been Freeman and James Hangout times. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Sea <laughs> uh, anemone. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It sounds yeah. like I'm just slurring my words. <laughs> I am three pints in, but see <laughs> an anemone. Yeah. Oh, God, why? Right, like it's just a tough word to say. They're cool though. Yeah, so they they kind of just like float, kind of right. like squids. So yeah. I was wondering if your gelatinous cubes just like squish themselves together <laughs> to propel themselves through the water. Uh, no, they did not. Okay. Oh, that would have been a great idea. Yeah, we're st- there. Look out for our next adventure. <laughs> Swimming gelatinous cubes. <laughs> the underwater adventure. Gelatinous anemones. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Same stats as the GQ. <laughs> And I'm sure all of you guys out there have had an experience with the gelatinous cube, so we would love to hear about it. If you want to mm. throw us a message on the Twitter at EncounterPod or fire us off an email at info at EncounterThis.ca. We also have a Patreon. If for some reason you like this episode, you can throw us a couple of shekels at patreon.com backslash EncounterThisPod. Uh, we've got a $1 tier, which gives you access to our Discord. And our $5 tier gives you access to our private show notes and a handwritten thank you letter from me. And our... You can handwrite things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and we have a $10 tier, which you can suggest a creature and, and a couple others up there that are that are a little bit bigger than that. But those are... I, we, we think they're great value. And if you don't, uh, send us a message. Let us know why not. You can also find us on the web at our new home at EncounterThis.ca, where our reading list is up and live. Uh, and if you're on Facebook, you can find us on Facebook.com backslash EncounterThis. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And if you really, really want to help us out while doing the bare minimum amount of work, if you could rate and review on your platform of choice, <laughs> that would be so good for us. That would be lovely, yeah. Or if you want to do the maximum amount of work, just go to our website on like 150 browsers. Every public computer you go to, just go to EncounterThis.ca. Just, just pop it open. <laughs> give, give us them Google hypes. That'd be amazing. I think that's how that works. <laughs> but beyond that, Thank you for listening to us. We're sorry this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but it's it's hard when there's no That's content okay. out there. You and, guys got unicorns. It's a long one. The next and, one after this is going to be lengthy. Yeah, Kyrene's so. also going to be a beast. Yeah. Freeman does all the real work uh, around here. I think is what we've we've learned. No, we we've, we've we've learned to call it. Freeman gets carried away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, episodes are hovering around thirty minutes. Freeman's around an hour and fifteen. He he's he's in it for the long haul, uh, listeners. Sorry guys. No, don't don't be sorry. They get what they pay for. Uh, so if if you like 
Rick Freeman's longer episodes, throw us some shekels, he, so he can go full time and uh, he can write all the episodes, and I can just sit here and get drunk and, and yell at him when he's wrong. I would, I, yeah, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> I don't think I would ever let him do that. I would miss it so much. <laughs> but we will get at you next time with Kyrene. So if you got any sweet stories about those, feel free to hit us up on any of those aforementioned platforms, preferably Twitter, because it's the easiest one for us to answer, and it's the only one that I actually get notifications for. I'm gonna cut that last bit out, but thank you for listening, creatures. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. So long. Stay greasy.